0: episode
1: 84 better money decisions hey chainers welcome to another edition of chain of wealth i'm your host dennis o'brien
2: and i'm katie welsh
1: all right katie so today's guest is really cool and has a ton of awesome advice about just money in general and you know like Your outlook on money and where you should be headed to and what happens if you're a bit behind, if you know what I mean.
2: I loved talking to Lorraine and the best takeaway that I have from our conversation with her is if you are behind in your savings or you started late, don't panic.
1: Yeah, and I think that that's huge.
2: And that's really nice to hear from somebody who actually knows what they're talking about because you do panic when you look at your accounts and you look at your net worth and it's either not very high or even in the negatives. Like, That's not a great feeling to be in. And to hear somebody say, it's okay, you can fix this is huge.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely quite easy to panic when you sort of look at where should I be you know, and like the all those graphs It's like you should save this amount by this age And you're like, I'm nowhere near there <laughs> I'm not even close <laughs> yeah. yeah, so sort of knowing that things can be okay And you know, you just have to adjust things around And it's not as big of a change as you probably think it is You know, that's really reassuring
2: One foot at a time
1: One foot at a time All right, well, are you ready to dive into our interview? Yeah Great, let's do it
0: Welcome to Chain of Wealth. Here's your host, Dennis, inspiring you to begin your journey of financial freedom.
1: Hey Chainers, welcome to another edition of Chain of Wealth. Today we have Lorraine L with us. Lorraine is the CEO of Better Money Decisions and Better Insurance Decisions as a co-owner of better money decisions, she's excited to continue her long career as an investment professional which started when she worked in the 1980s as an advisor with Drexel, Burnham and Lambert and J.W. Charles and as a co-owner of a registered investment advisory, RIA
0: Firm. Welcome. Hey, how are you? Well, I'm just great. So glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
2: Yeah, of course. So real quick, I know you have two different businesses. Can you tell us a little bit of like your mission statement and what your goal is for each of them?
0: Well, you know, we are primarily a registered investment advisory firm, and we really work with people to uh, achieve what they want in life. Our, Our mantra is what's money for, but to live the life you want. And it's uh, what we do is help people get there, help them figure out what they need in order to accomplish that and to really have the kind of life that they're looking for. And it's never the same for two people. <laughs> I can that wholeheartedly, is true. <laughs> wholeheartedly
2: agree with that. And what is the point of having any money if you're not living the life you want? it's kind of like they're saying, like, money doesn't buy happiness.
0: Well, you know, that's so true. And I think that people lose sight of what they really want out of life. And they get caught up in some kind of spending, or they think they need this or that. And really, that doesn't get them anywhere where they would like to be in the future, or even living their lives as they are now. So, you know, it's important to keep kind of and part of what we do with our clients is bring them back into, you know, wait a moment, does this really help you live the life you want? Or is this, did you get kind of off the off the path by uh, being attracted by a shiny object over in the distance? Um, it, you know, that kind of reminder really makes what we do uh, have value to the clients and makes it very effective.
1: And shiny object syndrome is a definitely a real thing for a lot of people.
0: <laughs> oh, it is. It is. I know we see it. We see overspending and we see people kind of uh, getting all involved in something that really isn't what. They really want to do, or what they what they want their lives to be. So it's it's something that I think we all do this. Though we we see another person doing something with oh that might be fun that that might be a good thing to do, but we really haven't thought it through enough to to know is it really part of us or not.
1: That's definitely true. And talking about people that have gone off the beaten track, so to speak, a little bit. What are some of the steps that you would recommend for people? that have sort of gotten a little bit behind in their savings for retirements?
0: Well, first of all, don't panic because there are things that you can do to help yourself into the future, even if you're a little behind in uh, the amount of savings that you have. I mean, there are lots of ways that you can handle a situation like that, including working more uh, making sure you're upping your savings now, and into the future. I mean, every dollar saved now just compounds into the future. And you need to start wherever you are, take that first step and make a commitment to do that. So I think it's more of a, almost a, a mental or emotional exercise than it really is almost a financial one.
2: It's nice to hear you say like, first thing, don't panic, because I think a lot of people when they hit like later 20s or like early to mid 30s and it kind of just hits them like, oh, my goodness, I am a wreck and I haven't saved like I should. And then that immediate panic sets in and they are they know they're behind. They don't know what to do. And like that I don't want to be like graphic or anything, but like the feeling of just like throwing up just consumes your life. And it's it's nice to hear somebody who is a professional say, don't panic and it will be okay, And there
0: are ways to fix this. There are ways to fix it. And I think that, you know, try and remove yourself from all the expectations that you hear from the experts. You know, a lot of folks say, oh, you have to start saving in your early 20s or you're never going to be able to reach. That's just not true. We see a lot of folks coming in in their mid-40s and even early 50s, I mean, after all, those are usually your high earning years. And they managed to, to really kind of step up the savings and put together enough to retire at, say, their late 60s or maybe up till 70. It's, it's surprising what you can do even in a relatively short period of time. So, you know, I think what happens to a lot of folks is they do panic, and then they kind of throw up their hands and say, oh, what's the use? Mm-hmm. I might as well go buy that new car, or I might as well take that vacation to Europe because, I, you know, I'm not going to have enough anyway. I'll be working for the rest of my life. But that really isn't true.
2: Right. They see the mountain, and they don't see any path. So they're just kind of like, oh, well, I'm just going to turn around and walk away. I'm just going to go home. Like, started too late. That's I'll right. never get
0: there. Yeah, that's right. But you you will get there. And it's a matter of taking those small steps until you get in the habit of walking. And then you can start running. And then by the end of the race, you know, you're there and you probably end up with more than you thought you would.
2: Yeah. So well, you talked about some steps. What are some of those steps that people can first start to take, uh, especially if they have no clue where to start?
0: You know, I think one of the biggest uh, issues that especially younger people have is the panic over student loan debt, oh, which, which is just a, 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 just a drag and a drain on everything that you're trying to accomplish mm-hmm. in life. But I think that, you know, it's important to put that aside, pay what you can, but don't forget about paying yourself as well. That's critically important. So, if there is a 401k where you work, absolutely take advantage of that, especially if they match. Um, try and pay off any credit card debt. Credit card debt is another one of those things like a student loan, that bad kind of debt uh, that can really have a chokehold on you. So, it's kind of good. First of all, don't put the stuff on credit to begin with. (laughs) I know that's hard for folks because, again, they see those ads on TV of this glamorous vacation and people running on the beach hand in hand, and it looks so wonderful, and they plop down the credit card for it. And, frankly, it's really kind of distressing when you're still paying off that vacation two and three years uh, after. So, little things.
2: Yeah, I can appreciate you uh, saying, you know, pay your student loan, do what you can, but also put money into your savings because that's exactly where I am. I'm yes. in the middle of paying off my student loan. And sometimes I feel like I will be paying it for the rest of my life.
0: <laughs> and It can feel that way, can't it? Yeah, yes. <laughs> and, I, and
2: I've made good headway on my student loan, but it's just like the last like couple of thousand dollars just don't go away, and you know I was between: should I put all of my money that I can possibly afford towards my student loan, or should I kind of split it in half and put half towards my student loan and a, ha- a portion towards my savings? And and that's what I decided to do because ultimately, when I do p- eventually, hopefully one day, pay off my student loan, I don't want to not have anything in my savings
0: either. You know what, I I totally agree with that, because I think it gives you a better feeling to know that you have something put aside for the future. And if you're just paying down debt and paying down debt, again, it's that psychological and emotional roadblock that you reach, that you're just like, you know, in despair, so instead of going down that path, you are better to split it up. Yeah, and it'll I, take a little longer, but it's okay. Yeah. You'll be okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. And I,
0: also, that's life.
2: <laughs> well, and I look at it as <laughs> that's right. Once I pay it all off, if I haven't saved any money, then I'm essentially like starting all over again. Instead of you know just taking a little bit longer. And that's yeah, kind of how I came about my decision as to what to do with it. And I've been really happy with, with the decision so far.
0: You know, if you invest that money that you're putting away in a nice, well-rounded portfolio with lots of diversification and a risk level that's appropriate, uh, that will start really growing especially if you have, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 years ahead of you to save, then you can see that increase in the size of the portfolio, which is very encouraging. So you kind of are balancing out the you know, getting discouraged about the debt, but getting encouraged by the growth of your portfolio. It's, it's, and I think that's a better place to be. Yeah,
2: it's, <laughs> it's like a mixed emotion. Like I look at my student loan right. and I'm like, oh, but then I look at my portfolio of savings. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, this is a, not as bad
0: then. Right. I totally agree. <laughs>
1: it's like a little bit of a battle between the, your returns versus the interest that you're accumulating. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Sure, it is. But you know, so you need to if you're going to treat yourself, treat yourself with a nice savings amount because yeah. that feels pretty good at the end of the day.
1: That's right. true.
2: And it's something that you have forever whereas like a new outfit or, you know, your manicure that's going to be gone in 2 weeks anyway, like That is correct. That's how I ha- that's how I have tried forcing myself to look at it. I only get like manicures or anything done like that when I have like a special event to go to or something like I need to have my nails done. I can't look like a cave woman. Um,
0: Well, yes, no, I totally understand that. Yeah. (laughs) I am, I'm writing something right now about what the wealthy do with their money. And for the most part, they're pretty frugal. Mm -hmm. If they want that money to last, they have to protect it. And they kind of look at money as... Is, is if I go out and buy this, is this something that's going to make me money in the future? And I think that's a good way to look at it. You know, yes, you need, your, you need to have some self-respect and have your nails look good when you have an event to go to. But when you're just working on a day-to-day basis, it's probably not that important. And so it's a good way to kind of balance out your life. And to make sure that what you're uh, investing in is going to have a return for you in some way or the other.
1: That reminds me a lot of the book, uh, The Millionaire Next Door. Me
0: too. You know, That's and exactly sort what of I was The millionaires
1: are not the people who you think they are. They're the people yeah. that are living a modest life. You know, They're not living above their means. And I think it's so easy for people to sort of look at people that are spending money and assume that they're well off. And meanwhile. It's the people that are being a bit more conservative that are the ones that are actually going to stay wealthy.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, we see more and more people nearing retirement with pretty substantial credit card debt. And it's because they have been trying to live a lifestyle that they really can't afford. And, uh, you know, I would caution all of your listeners not to do that and to try and avoid that as much as possible, because that's a terrible burden to carry into uh, the future when you're no longer adding to your net worth or, or have any income coming in other than what your portfolio can support.
1: Definitely makes sense. So, you, you have this whole section on your website about what to do when you're suddenly becoming wealthy. So,
2: first of all, what a dream! Like, I think everybody, <laughs> I everybody, like, kind of just sits at work sometimes. And it's like, man, if I were to win the lottery and you plan out literally everything that you would do, I think every single person does that.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I think so too, <laughs> especially when you see so, those big powerball numbers.
0: <laughs> oh no, kidding! Wouldn't that be wonderful? Um... <laughs> so, what
2: should we actually be doing when we hit the lottery, or sadly, one of our like rich uncles or rich aunts or somebody dies and leaves us money? Well-
0: you know, we see this rather frequently where uh, someone is left with an inheritance that maybe comes sooner or later than they expected. And all of a sudden, they may have a million or a million and a half in their bank accounts and they're they're in a state of shock because they've never had to deal with that amount of money before. So again, uh, the first thing I would advise people to do is go find an advisor who's a fiduciary, Someone who has to act in your best interest and never spend the principle. <laughs> never spend the principle. So if you get a uh, million dollars or you win, uh, you know, 100 million in the lottery, you can easily live off of what the investments in those accounts produce. And you're better off doing that than trying to, you know, go out and buy the new car and buy the big house all of a sudden, just wait, have patience. And that's what we advise our clients to do.
1: Oh, man, I wanted to get that yacht.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Gonna have to wait.
1: (laughs) So speaking about mistakes, what's a common mistake you see people making with their money?
0: Uh, We see uh, a lot of mistakes, especially, um, and, and I think this might be even universal. Even for people in their 30s and 40s, they buy a house that's too big. They buy a house that's beyond their means. And we call these people house poor. They just keep plowing these big mortgage payments that, that flow out of them every month. And they really don't need a house that large. Our, our clients who seem to have the most money and do the best and have saved the most in retirement live very modestly. They don't have the, you know, uh, uh, granite countertops and the, you know, five bathrooms and five bedrooms. It's just not, it's just not necessary. And so I think that's a big mistake that people make. They put too much into their house. And as a corollary to that, people feel that somehow they need to pay that house off as fast as possible to the sacrifice of saving that money in a retirement account or a 401k. Stocks outperform real estate pretty much across the board over time. And to, you know, focus so much on that one asset that's not liquid and that may or may not increase in value, I think is one of the biggest mistakes I see people do.
2: That's really interesting, not to punt Millionaire Next Door again, but I believe I read in there you're not supposed to buy a house more than three times your annual
0: salary. Is that correct? That makes sense to me. And honestly, um, if you can get something that's even smaller or more reasonable or something that you can fix up as you go along, uh, if you really want to make the most out of your money, that's how I would handle it. And that's what I would advise clients to do. We just see far too many people with homes that are way beyond what they need. And it's been difficult as they move into retirement because they want to sell it anyway. It's too big.
2: Yeah. Well, and then when it's so big, then you have to buy more stuff to put in there. So it's like a downward spiral.
0: That is so true. I mean, the bigger the house, the more furniture you need, the more services you need for the upkeep, the more it costs to uh, pay homeowners insurance, the more the property taxes are. So it just doesn't end with the value of the home. It really compounds when there are so many things, you know, it costs more to heat or air condition. I mean, it's just the list goes on and on. Right. Absolutely.
1: Chinas, we're just going to take a quick break and then we'll dive right back into the value link around chainers if you're looking for ways to save and manage money a bit better head over to chainofwealth.com slash spending there you can read katie's post about how to plan your spending and you can even download a free budget template so check out chainofwealth.com spending
2: so why do you think people struggle to achieve their dreams
0: you know i think uh it's a couple of things the first thing it's a lack of focus it's a lack of really not knowing what you want in life and you know uh, and, and then of course if you don't know that you don't know where to focus your energies but the second thing that i think a lot of people are afraid of is change they're afraid to change. When something's not working, they're afraid to try something new or to pivot if you have your own business. Um, I just think that's critically important. You have to be focused and yet willing to change if things aren't going well. And I think this is one of the main reasons people don't succeed in doing what they want to do.
2: I can completely relate to that because when me and Dennis first sat down and we went over like our finances together as like a couple, I thought that I had like everything kind of planned out. Like I had owned a home, I had a nice car that wasn't like excessive. It was a safe car and everything. And I had some money and savings and I thought I kinda had it together Uh to bring back the student loans. Like I struggled to pay my student loans all right. the time. And I would kind of, I would defer them and I would pay the minimum amounts and everything. And Dennis having a background in finance and then I was a teacher so I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just kind of hoping for the best. He gave me a plan as to what to do. And uh-huh. he, and in the beginning I was like I don't know. Like, I don't really, I don't know if I should trust you. And I, like, a strange
1: I, African dude. Yeah. I
2: really, <laughs> I really went back and forth with it. And I, like, I even at 29 years old, like, I went to my mom and I was like, mom, this is what he says I should do. Do you think I should do it? I don't know if I should trust him. And she was like, well, Katie, to be perfectly honest, what you're doing is not working. So you probably, That's right. you can't mess it up a lot more than what you already have. And I was just kind of like, well, first, like, that's kind of a downer, but I guess you're right. Like, I, I really do need to do something different because whatever I'm doing isn't working.
0: Yeah, that fear of change, that fear of taking a step and maybe making some, uh, doing things differently in your life, I think that's very difficult for most folks. And even when you knew that this was probably good advice, it was, it, I'm sure it was difficult for you to take the step to actually implement that. Yeah. And, uh, that's, that's why I think most people don't succeed because they're really afraid to kind of, put the toe in the water, and make the first step to uh, improving and changing their lives.
2: Yeah, well, and they already feel like they've made a mistake. The last thing they want to do is make another mistake.
0: Yeah, I know. But you know what? Let me clue you all in because I'm older, I think, than all of you. <laughs> Life is full of mistakes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's unavoidable. And we all make them and we all turn left when we should have turned right. But what can you do but make the most of where you are right now? And get started in the right direction today. I mean, that's kind of how I live my life. I focus on what can I do right now to make my life better. And if you kind of have that mental uh, mindset, you can make it happen for yourself. Right. And you can't live in the past. Oh, gosh, no. Why? <laughs> I mean, it's gone. <laughs> I mean, a minute ago is, is as long as as, you know, 10,000 years ago. It is as gone as as the dinosaurs. I mean, you know, and I think it's important to keep that in mind. Learn from the past, yes, but to dwell on it or to focus on it, then you're focused on the wrong thing. You need to be focused on where you want to go, not where you've been.
1: It's definitely true. So speaking about giving pulls of wisdom, do you have any other books or podcasts you could recommend?
0: You know, actually my, uh, business partner, Kate Stalter has a podcast and it's, uh, it's called the better money decision show. And so it could have some, uh, very good tidbits in there. She has, uh, people on from all different, uh, walks of life and, uh, gives valuable money as to valuable information and, uh, as to how to make the right decisions with your money. Awesome. We'll definitely
1: link to it in the show notes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's great.
2: So do you have a favorite quote that you try to live by?
0: You know, there's a quote by the poet Rilke and, and, uh, it's, I don't want to be a poet. I want to change your life. And that's kind of the foundation of my business. It's not just about being an advisor. I really want to help people make the change that they need to have, to live the life that they want. And so that's, Basically, my philosophy of what I do and and how I try and help people.
1: That's absolutely lovely, Lorraine. We've absolutely loved hanging out. Do you have another last parting piece of advice for our listeners, and then we'll say goodbye.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, I think you need to spend some time before you think about the money. Thinking about who you are and where you want to go. You know, finding that place within yourself. What makes you happy? What gives you joy? And then you can work and you can get the money to work so that you can achieve that life that you want to live.
1: I absolutely love that. Chainers, we've been hanging out with Lorraine L. You can check out her website at bettermoneydecisions.com as well as betterfinancialdecisions.com. That one's definitely a winner because there's tons of great content on it. So definitely check them out. Hit her up if you have any money questions. She'll be more than happy to help. Chainers, we've absolutely loved hanging out today. And we would love if you would continue the conversation with us on Twitter. That's at Chain of Wealth on Twitter. You can follow us and let us know what you thought of today's show. We would love to get your input. And are you currently spending? Do you feel like you're ahead with spending, behind with spending? Let us know what you think.
0: Catch you on the flip side.